Welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Brian Lau from Duke University. And today we have a privilege of speaking with Dr. Luciano Rossi and uh, from the Hospital Italiano de Buenos Aires in Argentina and Ignacio Pasqualini, who's currently a research fellow at the Cleveland Clinic about their uh, paper titled The Short Five Item Shoulder Instability Return to Sport After Injury Score Performs as well as a longer version of predicting psychological readiness to return to sport. This was published in May 2023 in the Arthroscopy Journal, and their co-authors include Dr. Uh, Rodrigo uh, Banderas, Ignacio Taniera, Nora Fuentes, and Maximiliano Ranaleta. Uh, so welcome, Dr. Luciano and Basmelli, and uh, thanks for joining us. I thought this paper was really, really well-timed. I think there's gaining interest in understanding when to return people back to sport and particularly the psychological factors from it. And, you know, <clears throat> and so, um, Luciano, maybe you can describe a little bit of how you and your group started thinking about the psychological aspects of return to sport and maybe a little bit of how you guys are doing that there. Sure. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for your, for your invitation. It's a pleasure for us that we can share with you uh, this uh, study that we made. Well, you know, we, we began to notice uh, a few years ago that uh, many of the patients that we operated on for glomerular instability did not return to sports. And this caught our attention because when we objectively evaluated the patients in the office, they had no pain, they had full mobility, no apprehension, et cetera. They were, in other words, ready from a clinical point of view, but they were um, they did not return to sports. So uh, that was how we started getting interested in that, in that uh, topic. It was there that we decided to investigate in more detail the reasons why this happened, and we began a line of investigation that uh, continues today. The, the first study that we did and uh, we published in 2021 was a, a retrospective cohort that uh, we were we related to 100 patients operated with uh, the Vanguard surgery for glomerular instability. And there we found some interesting results. First of all, we find that uh, of the patients that did not return to sports, 75% left for a reason independent of their shoulder function. And, and the most frequent causes that we were, that we that we investigated were a fear of reinjury and concerns uh, about a new rehabilitation process. So, um, and, and another interesting finding that uh, was that neither the outcomes uh, nor the complications varied significantly between patients who returned it and those who did not return to sports. So, therefore, these findings motivated us to to study in more detail other important aspects that until that moment we have not taken into account. So that's how this uh, started. Nice. I mean, it's a really interesting you mentioned that like 75% of patients was not related to a shoulder. I think that really speaks to the point of the psychological aspect of returning from a traumatic injury is really important. Um, just kind of a follow-up, maybe you can, do you guys do any other um, testing at time of return to sport in your group there? Anything else that you guys look at, maybe physical or objective stuff that you look at as well? Yeah, sure. Well, first, well, first of all, um, this is a, that is a, a very a very interesting question, and the literature is on that subject is highly controversial. In a recent uh, published systematic review evaluating the different criteria used to define return to sports after shoulder stabilization procedures, um, the authors describe that there are more than ten different uh, criteria uh, used uh, in the literature to define when a patient is ready to compete. And surprisingly, in that uh, systematic review that is very recent, the psychological aspects were not used by any author. And the most used criterion was time 
a time elapsed from, from the injury to the surgery. And we believe that time is as an isolated criterion is not very useful because each patient has their own uh, recovery rate, personal motivations, and social demands. So for example, we operate a lot of players from the Argentine rugby team who rehabilitated every day of the week for three months and sometimes double shifts. So at three months, they were ready to return to sports and play at a professional level. And for example, on, on the other hand, we operated recreational athletes that uh, who went to the physiotherapist twice a week and it took about six months to them to, to be ready to compete again. So our, our recommendation um, and what we do in, in our daily practice uh, is to base the rehabilitation on, on a specific goals, not on the on time. And these specific goals are that the patient had more than 90% of the active mobility in all the planes, the absence of pain, most of all with the, the, the exercises related to the specific sports that they practice, obviously absence of residual apprehension, Another, another thing that is important for us is strength, most of all for, for uh, sports where the shoulder has a significant implication, for example, rugby, martial arts, or force it overhead sports. And in these cases, we expect that the patient recovers at least 80% of the weight that they lifted in the gym before the injury. That's our, our objective for strength. Obviously, if we are talking about that shed, we in general, we try to have a CT at three months for post-operative so that we... Uh, can check that the uh, graft is consolidated. And finally, and, and thanks to all this line of investigation, now we are now we recommend that the athlete uh, had a, a short CC greater than 60. That is what we found in this study that is related to a greater chance for them to return to sports. Those are our criteria nowadays to decide when a patient is ready for return to sport. Yeah, I think that's really, really important information you just handed out, kind of how you guys are to thinking about it, I think as we, there's other studies that like you mentioned that mentioned time is really the most useful criteria that people are using right now, but I think that's inadequate as well. And I, you know, there's a study that showed that if you use any objective data um, out of um, a separate group in, in Pittsburgh, where they say, if you use any criteria, it decreases the rate of return of re-injury, you know? So having something objective, and I think what that objective stuff, we're still learning what, what the key ones are, but I think the ones you highlighted are really, are really good places to start. And as a kind of a follow-up in this line of research, you mentioned using the psychological RSI um, as a as a measure. And, you know, as you, as you highlight here, there was one that a longer one, not too long, but there was one that was out there already. What kind of made you guys think to shorten it? Is it um, were you finding it difficult for people to complete it or to incorporate into your practice? What what kind of got you to to make it a little bit shorter? Well, uh, that, that's a, a, a good question. The first study that, that uh, we published on this topic was using the original version of the CUC score that was published by Heromet and collaborators. That was the, our first study. And we did a prospective study evaluating 100 patients who underwent both bankers and Latashet surgery. And we found that the original CUC score was useful, uh, was a useful tool for, for predicting whether patients were psychologically ready to return to sports after glenomerase stability surgery. Um, interestingly, patients who returned to sports and those who returned to their pre-injury sports level were significantly more psychologically ready than those who did not return. So in that study, we proposed that the CFC score should be considered along with, with other criteria as we were talking um, before. Uh, uh, when we decide um, when a patient is ready to return to sport. However, at, at the end of the study, we realized that 
uh, a limitation of the original CC was that it, it, its length, because as you know, um, we, we usually use a lot of scores to evaluate patients and clinical tests, imaging tests, etc. So uh, every effort to speed up this process is important for us. And Ignacio had the idea to shorten the score and validate it at the shorter version. And, and that's how this, this study um, came, came about. That's really, really good to think about. I mean, as patient report outcomes become much more used in research, is how much is too much. And I think um, finding ways to shorten it is really useful. And so maybe Ignacio, you said, you know, you mentioned it's kind of your idea that the shorten it kind of. Talk about how do you do that? I mean, I think if we can shorten any PRL, that'd be great. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the methods of how you guys did this. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so basically, we divided this study in two parts. Uh, the first part was for the scale reduction, and the second part was for the prediction of the scale. Um, for shortening the scale, basically, we asked patients uh, to answer the long scale. And with those answers, what we basically do was um, to perform a factor analysis to see the correlation between the items. And after that, we, we started the selection process of the, the questions, which were basically based on some combined criteria used by previous authors, uh, which were basically the level of co correlation between items, the mean series scale and the standard deviation, and also the relevant score. And this score we calculated uh, with the answers from 30 patients. Uh, we asked them about the importance of each of the long scale uh, version. Then after that, we, we validated the scale correlating this with uh, the Circe scale with the, the WASI scale. And then finally for the prediction group, uh, we asked patients to complete both the long, the, the long and the short version of the Circe scale. And if they return to sports uh, at the same level or they return to sports. Um, and then we utilize for the prediction uh, rock curves. And finally, for assessing the cutoff values, we utilize the UDENT index, uh, which is a number where the sensitivity and the specificity are maximized. So that's what uh, specifically we, we, we did for this study. Nice. I think. I think that's really important. I think users RFC curves kind of really optimized. Uh, um, the threshold is really important um, and useful. And uh, I think you know bringing it down to five questions is really really cool. But anything that was surprising you that was you know that was left out or included, like when you look at the original twelve, like was there anything that kind of stood out as unique to you that you thought maybe should have been included or shouldn't have been included? So that that's another great question. Um, First, I would like to begin answering that question by saying that one of the reasons that led us to, to, to do this study uh, was, was because we believe that there were some questions that were redundant. So basically there are questions that they are asking the, the, the same, but in a different way. Um, so we our goal was to expect at least to reduce the, the scale at half. So I would say that we were not surprised by any exclusion or inclusion of any items. But what, what was surprise, uh, surprising in this was that um, basically this study was based on the idea of, uh, of the original scale for ACL reconstruction they, uh, by Webster et al. So they also shortened their, their scale and they found uh, six items. 
So what was surprising is that with this study, we reduced it to five items. So what was surprising for us was that we could reduce the scale in an even uh, more level. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think one of the things as you read through the original 12, like you said, there's a lot of us, you can tell just from looking at a quick look, a lot of us redundant, maybe asking the same way. So I think yeah. I think patients, if they look at that, they're gonna think the same thing. So if you're if you can shorten that, that probably makes it a little bit um makes more sense to the patients as well. Um I think one thing interesting with the Cersei scale is that there are different constructs to it, right? So there's a performance part to it, the confidence part to it, the range of risk, the emotions, and kind of the, the fear of having to go through rehab and surgery again. Which ones do you guys find is most useful um, in your practice? Do you think is, you know, um, yeah, most useful in terms of predicting, you know, the outcome or most useful counseling patients about? Yeah, uh, well, you're bringing up an excellent point here. Um, I do not believe specifically that there is one construct more useful than another. Uh, because when, when it comes to psychological, psychological aspects uh, for the patients, you can have one patient with lack of confidence. We ha- you can have another patient with lack of, or with fear of injury, and also you have like uh, another patient uh, we're not willing of undergoing surgery or rehab again. Um, so I think that psychological aspect needs to be uh, addressed with all of these constructs. However, if I have to to pick one construct of, of all, uh, I would say that is fear of injury, the one of the most important. Um, aspects to, to evaluate in these patients. Um, as Luciano mentioned, we evaluated this in a previous study. Uh, and one of the most cited reasons for patients not returning to sports relating in non-shoulder related reasons, it was uh, the fear of re-injury. Um, so I, I would say that uh, that construct is the, the most important one to evaluate in these patients. Uh, I think... I say I find that very similar in my practice too. It's that the thought of going back and having another traumatic dislocation. Patients are really fearful of that, and, and maybe you can kind of you know if say you you know for that one, but for the other constructs as well, you notice there's something wrong with the rehab surgery part of it. They're concerned about that. How are you guys addressing that in your practice? Maybe um, Siano, maybe you can mention it a little bit. How you guys are doing bonus hours? Like if you notice that in their in their scores, how are you counseling them, or are you providing them extra therapy or extra guidance? Well, that that depends on the that depends on the on the the cost of the of the um, depends on what what bar- variable of the score is um, wrong. No, as Nacho said, if if they have fear for a new, a new injury, we have to to that that's maybe more difficult. Sometimes you can um, we, we can work with the psychology psychologist or with uh, another um, another member of the team to, but. Most of the times, what I see is that many patients have fear because they don't feel that they are clinically ready. They have, for example, uh, not not full uh, mobility, or they have some pain, or perhaps they 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 can't uh, lift the same weight in the in the gym. So sometimes it is related to one specific clinically um, aspect of the rehabilitation, and that is easier because you can uh, specifically work in that point with the physiotherapist, but sometimes it's difficult because um, there are like more uh, psychological aspects. And for us as trauma, as orthopedic surgeons, it's maybe that is more difficult to manage because we are not, um, uh, in general, we we don't take uh, that into account. So um, now what we are doing is trying to work uh, together with the 
mental health um, department and when um, some of the our of our athletes that we we see that they for example have fear of a new injury or or they are uh, they have concerns about that the new rehabilitation process and because we have to we have to take in, in mind that th these are healthy patients and th these are healthy patients that all of them have the, the main uh, purpose of returning to sports and it's something very important for them it's not the same if they return or not they are not 80 years old they are uh, adolescents or or young uh, per, uh, people that want to to return to sports so sometimes we we work with the department with the mental health department and try to to do a diagnosis of the, of the problem that um, of the cause of their um, of their fear but it's not easy it's not easy because uh, it's not always that the patient comes to the office and says, I have fear of having a rear injury. Sometimes they, they use other words or, or you they perhaps they said that they they don't feel comfortable when they uh, start training again. And, and you have to realize that that, that fear is behind the uh, their their words no, in the office. So it's it's not easy. But we are we are learning with this with this new process. And I think that the CC score is something that is more receptive and very useful to do that diagnosis. Uh, because it's not that the patient come and says, I can't, uh, I can't um, move my arm or I have pain when I train. They, they don't come and say, I, I have fear of a new injury. It's, so you have to realize that that is the problem. And that's, it's sometimes difficult to, to diagnose. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, as you highlight, as orthopedic surgeons, it's not something we're used to talking about. We're like, the surgery went perfect. What do we do? You know, and, um, it can be yeah. really challenging. Um, I think, like you said, like getting mental health involved, we, we use a lot of sports psychologists here of our athletes and trying to get them, you know, prepped up and uh, ready to go back. And um, and a, a couple of follow-up questions to that is kind of like, is there a threshold on the RSI where you feel like, well, we need to slow down, we got to get the mental health involved, um, is there a threshold for the uh, Cersei score that you kind of feel we should be aware of? Well, we, we recommend we recommend that the according to the results of our study, we recommend that the athlete had a, a short CC score greater than 60. That is the, the mean uh, value that most of the patients who return it to sport have. Um, maybe uh, future studies with more patients um, and using that, that as a threshold will help us to, to, to see if that is the correct threshold because this is a, everything is new now. But mm -hmm. if, we, if we analyze our study, well, we should use, I think, uh, a short CC score greater than 60. That would be great because uh, it was the mean uh, uh, CC score that all the patients who returned to sport had. So <clears throat> I think that uh, more than 60 would be okay as a criteria for, for return to sports. But I think that... Um, um, it, it will be also useful that other um, groups of surgeons from different hospitals use start using the the CRC score and see um, if if this if this uh, recommendation is is useful also for them. Um, but because sometimes maybe the it, it's not the same for different uh, type of sports. Uh, and so here in Argentina, maybe we have a lot of rugby and soccer but not too much from, from other sports. Maybe, uh, I don't know, they are in, in USA, you have more American football or baseball, and, and it's not the same. It's not the same the sports, and it's not the same the personality of the, of the, of the, um, of the patients who practice each sport. So um, as a general rule, I would say that a 3C greater than 60 is okay, 
but it's important that other groups of versions start using this and see if that is the the like the magic number. But uh, more research is needed. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point. It, you know, well, for us, when we clear people back to sport, it, it depends on what sport they're going back to. So they may clear all the objective scores, um, but if they're American football, depends on position. If they're alignment, their arms are a little bit further down all the time. Maybe we can get them back a little bit sooner, higher up. If they're doing overhead like baseball. You can be a little bit slower. You know, and maybe. Um, and what are you guys doing for like soccer players and rugby players? How, what's the difference between the two? Are you finding um, how are you are you gra- how are you gradually getting them back to play for between those soccer players and rugby players? Well, in general, in general, we found that um, the, the more demanding is the sport for the shoulder, uh, maybe the more fear that patients have because they are concerned about new new injuries and and the long process of rehabilitation. Maybe if a runner or 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 a soccer player can return to sport three or four months after surgery and they are okay. And in those cases, we don't we don't see a lot of um, problems to return to sport. Uh, most of all, to the, the pre-injury level of sport. But uh, for for example, for rugby or martial arts or forced overhead sports, we see that patients usually have more fear. Um, they usually have other injuries also and, uh, or other surgeries also, maybe an ACL rupture or uh, other, other um, uh, injuries that are common in, in collision sports. So there uh, maybe you have more problems um, with rugby or martial arts, forced overhead sports, I would say that are the more demanding sports. Um, I think that for those sports, especially the, the psychological aspects are uh, of great importance. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, we're running low uh, on, on our time here, but I just want to ask one more last question about the RSI. Do you think that the scores on RSI affect performance? Not just re-injury rates, but performance. Do you think players who have a lower score or high score in RSI perform better? Do you think they, they have lower scores perform less well? Or do you think we just don't know yet? Do you think? <clears throat> No, well, in this in this study that we have just published in Artroscope, we will focus on return to sports. But now with Ignacio, we are um, finishing another study that we are precisely evaluating whether the CG score predicts recurrences and performance. Um, that's that's uh, obviously uh, something that is very important for shoulder surgeon, and it will be very very useful for us. Most of all, if we use it uh, uh, as a as a criteria for defining who can return to sports to see if the CUC predicts re-injury and, and performance. So this is our this this is our new line of research. And I think that maybe for the, the end of this year, we'll have those uh, results. But now I can't tell you, I can't tell you if the CUC predicts re-injury or performance, but we're working on that. Yeah, that'd be looking very forward to that when you get that published, because I think that'd be even more powerful to explain why it's so important. And so, but I think the big takeaway from this is that, you know, psychological factors and readiness is really important to make sure you pay attention to. And I think we're going to learn more and more, especially from you guys and all the work, great work you guys are doing on this. And so thank you so much for sharing your expertise and uh, um, knowledge on this topic. And, and so thanks again to Dr. Rossi and Dr. Pascalini for their title of their article titled a short five item shoulder instability return to sport after injury scale score performed as well as a longer version predicting psychological readiness to return to sport. It's going to be in the May, it's in the May uh, journal of arthroscopy. And so thanks again, guys. And um, thanks for joining us.
Thank you very Thank much. You. It, was, it was a pleasure for us. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. This concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Podcast. Thank you.